Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to another episode of The Roman Show for July 1st, 2019, the week we welcome Danny Nugent of the punk, punk, pop, punk outfit, the ever after. This plus a whole lot more coming up next. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the face. Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. Blind, come. We're going flight. GNC, we're going. Down here, go. Control, go. Go, go. FAO, we are going. Network, go. Discovery, go. Capcom, we're going flight. Launch control, this is Houston. We are going for launch. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. We're back, everyone, here on The Roman Show. Uh, we welcome Danny Nugent of the Pump Pop Punk Outfit, The Ever After, uh, which have released their uh, sophomore EP, Where I Came From, uh, available right now for streaming. You can check that out right now on Spotify or the rest of the streaming services. And we'll have Danny to talk about the uh, the music and the, ba- the band's outlook uh, in the future. Now, I'd like to get some of the message out of the way. Make sure you visit ballwash.com. That's ballwash.com. Get the soap for your boys. Get the bunk off your junk. And also visit Collar and Elbow. Get yourself a free T-shirt. Not a free T-shirt, but get yourself a good quality T-shirt. That's uh, collarandelbowbrand.com. The website, use the promo code The Roman Show to get a percentage off right now. Follow us on the socials, Roman Show Media, on Facebook and Instagram, and at The Roman Show on Twitter. And now that we got that out of the way, the one, the man, the only, you're choking there, the dashing one, Mr. George Alonzo. Oh, no, I'm not joking. It's just that this margarita actually has a very strong flavor. <clears throat> and it's hard to swallow. That doesn't <laughs> sound right, especially nowadays with all this uh, stuff going on in pro wrestling. Right? Uh, I, I didn't mean it that way, okay? But today I travel to Europe. And today I have, <clears throat> have the utmost uh, pleasure to try... An escargot margarita. If you don't know what escargot, it's snail. That is disgusting. Yeah. <clears throat> Why do you think I'm coughing? <clears throat> well, all right, we're going to kick things into gear here. We're going to talk a little pro wrestling, a little MMA. We're going to welcome Danny Nugent, music, the whole nine. Let's go into reality check right now. And now. It's time to give you a reality check. Well, George, Fighter Fest took place over in Daytona Beach. A lot, a lot of topics to talk about. But the one thing that came down to play is not about all the great success. It's not about the sellout crowd, which did not sell out. It's not about all the fantastic wrestling. No, it is about... The chair shot that Ty Dillinger, now known as Larry Spears or Sean Spears, um, whacked Cody Rhodes in the head and busted him open 
This was not a bleed job. This was a tear shot that did damage. And then after that, the Young Bucks were the ones that said that was a gimmick chair shot. They're, they're kind of ruining their, their, their own uh, product here, George, throwing themselves under the bus. I don't know if that was a good move or bad move by their Young Bucks. Of course, I'm not in the business. Uh, I can only speak my opinion as a fan and as a journalist. So if you ask me uh, from outside that realm, I think it was a bad move just because you're letting them in where they shouldn't. Like, all these years, all these months, all these days, people were thinking real chair shots, real chairs, real everything. And now you go out there and you let the world know that they were gimmicked? That, that, I don't know, again, if that's a thing that you keep secret in the business or not. But if you ask me, I would have kept it as a secret. That just made no sense. And, and they're making all this ruckus about the whole blood and all that stuff. When And, and I know we're living in different times. We're talking about 20 years ago, 20 and change, actually, where mankind took, like, what, over 20 shots to the head or whatever when you faced a rock. And, you know, no one, no, no one, no one had any uproar uh, about that. But that's just one thing that I really didn't like about these, these so-called marks or fans that went on Twitter after they get this alternative wrestling, they get the chair shot, and then they bash it. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, uh, I don't remember who it was that tweeted it, but they said it better than the Bucks did were saying that uh, the chair was uh, set up to hit in a certain spot, but the head of the chair, you know that little top piece, hit the back of Cody's head, and that is what split him open. It wasn't the chair shot itself. It was that top piece of the chair that split him open by grazing him in the back of the head. So that was explained better than the Bucks. Uh, so... I don't know, man. I really don't know. I, uh, this is a really kind of like a hit and miss subject. So I really don't want to speak on something I'm not part of the business for. Because I don't want to disrespect anyone in the business. I'm just going to, like I said, I threw my opinion in there and I think it is what it is. Well, let's take now uh, some of the other matches. Uh, Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes. Um, Darby just throwing himself from the top rope onto the edge of the ring. Very, 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 very uh, extreme or, or, or violent move for the person stuff, which made no sense. It, it almost seemed like he was just taking a dive for the whole thing. That's one thing that had many people talking about. And then you had the Young Bucks dressed up as a street fighter. I get it. They're at a, at a gaming convention versus the Lucha Brothers. And then, of course, the main event, which, are, which this is one thing I didn't understand, George. They said that... AEW did not sanction that match between John, Joey Janela and uh, John Moxley, uh, as it was an extreme hardcore match where they had barbed wires, they had thumbtacks and the whole nine. So they ended up, they said, all right, now that the lights are being turned off, this is just to signify that the AEW Fighter Fest is done, it's completed, and that this match will not be sanctioned. But then you get a referee, and what is the referee wearing? He's wearing an AEW emblem. Yeah, I could see where you're going at with this by saying like it's double standard, but you need a referee to 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 officiate a match no matter what it is. 
it, it's like you don't have any other referees backstage, obviously. Uh, so what are you going to do? You're going to just throw out a referee out there and say, hey, call the match. And at this point, you have an AEW referee, and boom, there you go. So I'm not going to bash them for that. I'm going to say, hey, good job by kind of building hype into that match by saying it's non-sanctioned. But to be honest with you, if I turn back a couple years back when Mick Foley was having these crazy matches with Triple H, I could have sworn I saw the same thing. And those were sanctioned, but AEW wasn't sanctioned. So it's like, what exactly did I see any difference? I saw none. Yeah, I really didn't get that. The only thing, though, that I did like is the time limit. And you had the announcers say 10 minutes left, 5 minutes left. Something that's practiced a lot in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, the, the well, time limits remind me of the, uh, the old school days of professional wrestling. Back when... Uh, it was good old Bill Watts and, and of course, uh, freaking, uh, what's his name? Um, ah, I forgot his name. Damn it, my, my brain. Gorilla Monsoon. There was times when time limits mattered, like when you got to that 15. I remember in WCW, the WCW t- uh, TV title always had a 15 or 20 minute uh, you know, time limit. And every time that time limit came, and it would have been a draw. People wanted more. You want that energy. You want the fans to want more. Hence why they come back every week. Time limits, and especially when you reach a time limit draw finish, will bring them back next week to say, shit, we're going to see the conclusion. I think time limits is a lost, uh, lost magic, and I hope that one day pro wrestling brings it back. Well, I think that we're doing that right now with uh, AEW. Now, switching gears to WWE, we know now that Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman will be executive producers for Raw and SmackDown. Paul on the Raw side, Eric on the SmackDown side. We've seen some of the changes on Monday Night Raw. Started off with a very extreme explosion in the beginning. George, on my on my end, I, I'm liking what I see. Little by little, we're seeing some changes. We're making it more realistic, less cartoonish. I think we're going on the right path. However, never say never. We know that at the end of the day, the man... Mr. Vince McMahon is the one that caused the shots, no matter who you put out there with a pencil. He is, at the end, going to say yes or no. And that's what everyone's scared about, including the performers. Everyone's saying, oh, change is coming. Uh, We just hired uh, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff as the executive producers of Raw and SmackDown. Guess what? You You forgot to read that one sentence. Every decision, every idea still has to go through Vince McMahon. And if you remember reading either dirt sheets or listening to interviews or whatever be the case, everyone has already shown frustration of how Vince McMahon has been with his decisions lately. So what does that tell you? Okay, I am sorry, but un- and this is with all due respect to the McMahons, but until Vince retires, I don't see any change happening in the WWE. And with that being said, we're now going to welcome Danny Nugent of the pop punk outfit Yonkers joining us right now or sorry from the Yonkers the ever after joining us right here on the Roman show the ever after released uh, their sophomore EP in May where I came from and you can tune in right now on Spotify and the other streaming services to check it out the pop punk outfit the ever after coming up next on the Roman show (laughs) 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Roman Show. And on the line, we have Danny Nugent of the Ever After. It's a punk band from Yonkers. And, uh, well, they're releasing their sophomore EP available right now. Where I came from, you can stream it on your favorite service. Danny, thanks so much for your time and joining us. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Awesome, dude. Well, congratulations on the single Genuine uh, featuring Joey Scott of Locals Only. Uh, it's available right now. You can you could hear it on, on your streaming service. You could also check out the uh, lyric video as well on YouTube. Uh, tell me a little bit about the music behind, or the lyrics behind Genuine. Um, well, our, our vocalist, Boris Mall, she writes all the, all the lyrics for our material. Um, but this song, I can tell you, is about a past experience with an old friend of hers from, from high school. And it was just about growing up, you know, having a best friend. And just over time, as you know, as, as you grow up, just kind of fading out, fading out from the friendship. And, uh, you know, things just moving on and just, and just kind of reminiscing on old memories while, while you watch this person that used to be, you know, a really close friend of yours, you know, kind of fade away from you in a way. You know what I mean? I can't really too much about the lyrics. It's not a personal experience of mine, but that's the general idea of it. So how do you guys incorporate then the sound behind the lyrics How, take me into the process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so the, the normal process on what we do is kind of kind of different from a lot of bands as, as a lot of bands i know of they there is starting with you know like maybe maybe a guitar and, and, and a vocal at the same time writing uh, vocal melodies and lyrics while writing of course on a guitar what we do is a little different we start with uh, all the music like we, we don't we don't actually start with lyrics or vocal melodies we, we write an entire song and demo out an entire song before any any sort of vocals get put down um so we, what we usually do is I, I personally I'm the drummer of the band but I play guitar I usually sit down with one of my other guitars and just get a song started being, you know demoing out guitar and drums um and we'll usually take it from from the intro and just build the song start to finish um I know a lot of bands start from a chorus, but yeah, we usually we usually go from point A to point B, straight through musically, uh, write down guitars, write down beats, and then and then uh, get, get you know get a drum part written out, and then we send finished demo or you know a semi-finished demo to our vocalist for it, and she'll take it from there and she'll write vocal melodies. So, so you guys, I know she writes most of the lyrics, but do you guys, at any chance, maybe give her a little little gist of hey, you know, how about taking a writing a song about this or that? So you guys had your your your, your freshman uh, EP last year, and you came back where where I came from. So back to back, which is pretty impressive. So w- w- tell me about where I came from, and uh, I mean, you just released your freshman uh, EP last year, and you come back with the other one soon after. So you guys didn't want to wait. You guys just wanted to put new, new stuff out there. Yeah, we well. So we've all been in, in bands before this band, um, but basically what happened is we, the, the four of us, 
uh, met in college. We were all in school together, and uh, we were all, you know, we were all kind of, kind of branching out from from past experiences being in bands, and we were all ready to go again. We had all been on like a hiatus from playing for, you know, six months to a year, and we were all ready to go again. And, and since we all knew each other, we all knew each other's capabilities. We we just kind of go right into it. We didn't we didn't really take our time. We, we kind of in a way. Uh, the first EP. We sat down basically in my dorm room, wrote five songs in two weeks, and, and wow. immediately hit the studio and, and recorded it. And we took about four to five months to, to really, you know, finalize the whole process and the cycle of recording that, that freshman EP. But um, we we got right into the studio, you know, we, we wrote this EP in two weeks, like I said, got it done, and then immediately hit the live stream. Because some bands, you know, they they put out an album, they they tour the heck out of it for two, three years, maybe five, unless you're Tool, they think they ran it for like 13 years. Um, so that's unique. <laughs> that's unique in itself. Uh, but when it comes to influences, who do you say are are your top band influences, or on a personal level, and I guess overall as a band? Uh, I'll start with overall. Um, overall, as a band, our number one influence is State Champs. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of them, but they're one of the they're one of the most popular uh, bands in, in the pop punk scene right now. They're from Albany, New York, and they're I, I can comfortably speak for all of us and say that they're overall the band's number one influence as far as basically everything, as far as um, our, our musical sound, as far as our vocalist uh, melodies and lyrics, stage presence, uh, overall brand. You know, we take we 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 take a lot of inspiration from stage champs. Um, so that's that's definitely our overall number one inspiration. Personally, for me, uh, it kind of changes a lot for me as far as as far as my my musical <laughs> stance in the band. I would probably say well, well, my favorite band is, is, is Bayside. I don't know if you're aware. Yeah, of Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. That I, yeah, I take a lot of musical inspiration personally in my drumming from Bayside. So that's what I would say on, on a personal level would be my biggest inspiration. So now you guys are going back on tour. I understand that uh, you packed the house and uh, last year on one of your tours. And so, what can people expect on this one? Any, any, uh, of course, some of the new stuff, uh, some of the old stuff. But what about the performance itself? Uh, it's on, I, I, 
think I lost you there for a second. Do you mean as far as set list, as far as the music we're going to be playing? On yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the music you're going to play and perform is what can people expect. Um, we're gonna we have, we have a music video out for the first single off of the first EP that we put out called Fall Tonight. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're ever gonna stop playing that one, and that was one of our biggest marks so far as a band. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would say for the upcoming tours, people can expect. Definitely the two singles from the new EP. Definitely call it a night from the first EP. And then other than that, we're gonna we're gonna try as best as we can to cycle in the uh, you know the the non singles from both EPs and uh, possibly a cover as well. <laughs> <laughs> any any particular one? And and when you guys do cover pop songs, you know what mm-hmm. what what is one thing that you guys look for? Like God, you know, I, I think we can do that one, and we could really. Make it, uh, you know, our own way, our own style. What What are you guys looking? Because it's kind of hard to cover uh, songs, you know, to, to remake them and make them your yeah, way to no, be catchy. Covering, covering songs, I could I could easily say that, uh, you know, playing and learning covers is one of our biggest challenges. As one, we all come from very different musical backgrounds, so we're all interested in, you know, in covering different span of songs, but. As far as pinpointing the right cover for, for live shows, we the, the biggest thing we tried to look on to look at is uh, sing alongs. Like what what are classic sing alongs within our realm, within our music scene basically, that people would appreciate and, and enjoy live that would fit with our sound. That's I think that's kinda of what we try and what what we try and pinpoint when we when we decide to cover live. So we've done We've done two, two different covers at this time. We've done, uh, what was it? Uh, Motion City Soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Everything is Alright. That, okay. that was the first one we did. And then, uh, and then we played an all-time low song for, for the second half of 2018. During all our tours, we played, uh, Weightless by All-Time Low. So those are the two, two covers we've done thus far. And they've both been very successful, actually, because like I said, they're both sing-alongs and they're both classics in our music scene. So people really enjoy the both of those. And we don't want to, you know, we don't want to beat any covers to death. So we're kind of, we're kind of retiring both of those in our live shows. And as far as a new cover, I can't say yet. <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, I want to thank you so much, Danny, for your time. And again, I invite everyone where I came from available right now on your famous streaming, streaming services. And also you can check out the lyric video for Genuine available right now on YouTube. Danny, thanks so much, man. And we look forward to seeing you on tour. And maybe somewhere you guys could pencil in Florida. We'd love to have you down here. Absolutely. We'll be down there as soon as we can. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Danny. Thanks so much. All right. Have a Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to The Showdown. All right, George, the UFC's big pay-per-view for the summer is this weekend. We get two title shots, and one of them, the main event, includes none other than Mr. John Jones going up against Thiago Santos. There's no doubt in my mind that John Jones is going to annihilate Thiago Santos and he's going to uh, retain his light heavyweight championship. It's just too much. John Jones is just a beast, clean or not clean. Amanda Nunes is taking on Holly Holm. It's another. It's a great fight because you never say never. You've seen Amanda and Holly, both of them, uh, in action. 
So Holy Hom, George, and Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes, of course, the double uh, weight class champion going up against Holy Hom, another former champ. I got my money in Amanda Nunes. Her hands are just clean. They're on point. And she's she's changed over the years. She um, strikes to hit. And Holy Hom, of course, uh, a standout fighter herself, especially in the stand-up game. But I think that Amanda Nunes is just a lot better Hence the reason why she is a two-weight class champion. Ben Askren going up against George Masvidal. Masvidal has been kicking butt from South Florida. And going up against Ben Askren, one of the most boringest fighters in my opinion. Uh, but then again, he has a fan base and he does have support. Uh, the Robbie Lawler fight that he had against uh, not too long ago, in which he defeated. That was his debut in the UFC. But Ben Askren, a wrestler... Going up against another wrestler, George Masvidal. George Masvidal is also a wrestler, but he can stand and bang, uh, just like Robbie Lawler. But Robbie did not have the wrestling that George Masvidal has. Uh, so expect this one to be very exciting. And I'm going to give a slight edge, although Ben Askren is potentially the favorite in this one. I'm going to give the slight edge to George Masvidal because of his stand-up game. And also on this fight card, you got Luke Rockhold, Diego Sanchez, and Michael Chiesa. Chiesa. And the whole lot more that is taking place this weekend, UFC 239, Jones and Santos. It's the big summer pay-per-view for the UFC. That pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode of the Roman Show. We'll catch you back when we return. We're heading over to Asia. And, and George, you stay dry. What are you going to be doing? Uh, traveling the world. Uh, by the time you get back, I'll have three margaritas to try because I'm going to not lie to you. There's... European one here today failed me. <clears throat> I think I'm getting sick. Well, I could say, though, that uh, during this time in July, we got many uh, shows from uh, Mixed Martial Arts. In fact, did you know, July 19th at the Hard Rock, they're having uh, a first. A first. They're mixing Mixed Martial Arts and video games. I, I, yes, it's true. Uh, I don't know the concept yet, but we just got a word that they're mixing in. You got pro fighters inside a cage, and what I'm assuming is you got the two gamers going at it inside the cage, but video games. That's taking place July 19th. I, I, you're, you're a gamer. What do you think of that? I, the game better be USC 3. I, I would assume it's going to be a fighting game. They're not going to do any of, the, you know, any of these shooting games. Can you, can you imagine playing Mario Brothers in, in the octagon? Or Mario, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> that that'll be just random. You'll totally lose everyone. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you when we return right back here on the Roman Show, uh, the week of the God twenty first. Some time, man. Enjoy your time uh, on the this summer. Stay uh, hydrated, and we'll catch you back when we return. Jamming on. Never heard. Catch you next one.